Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. It is finally here, guys, the last podcast of 2020. And in this episode, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to talk to you guys about uh, some books that I have read this year, which have impacted me and helped me to become better this year. So in this year, I think I've read just over or around 20 books. So for me, it's it's not necessarily about reading the most amount of books possible. Um, because that way, if you think about it as having a target of, I've got to read the most amount of books possible. What you do is you change the mindset of what you're trying to do to just get through the book as opposed to actually slowly taking in the information, digesting it, and understanding the information that you get from it. But for me, it's it's been about 20 books. I actually lost the uh, record of all of the books that I had been reading from my old phone as it recently died, but it's around that 20 mark. But some of the books that I've been reading this year, some have been fitness related, some have been personal development, some have been on breathing. I even read one which was uh, about uh, free divers, and some have been business related as well. But each book has added to my level of knowledge. It's made me think about things a little bit differently, or it's provided me with a fresh perspective. And this is something that really is important when it comes to you know shaping your body and your life is reading things which not only feed your bias and your way of thinking, but is trying to challenge those those thoughts or those beliefs that you have. Um, and also just thinking about things differently. Maybe somebody writes something in, in a way that makes you think about it in a different light, or they give an example that is more applicable to your situation. Or maybe they give you an example that's completely left field and it makes you think about where you are and perhaps why you're not where you want to be or how you can actually go to the next level. I know I've had a few of my clients uh, who've mentioned things of uh, of that nature to me where the author has given an example of something they've done or something they witnessed, and then it's like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. I didn't think that was possible. But this is something a mentor of mine once said to me. In life, you either learn something new or you remember something you've previously learned. So you're either going to learn something new or you're going to pick up something that's already been told, you've read, or witnessed before. This is how I think about books. Either I get to learn something new, excellent, I add another tool to my tool belt, so to speak, or I'm bringing up something I've previously discovered, or I am now in a position where I can interpret that information a slightly different way. And this is all about growth. As somebody with a growth mindset, you as a listener of The Wake Up Call, you have a growth mindset. That's why you're spending the time to listen to what I'm talking about here. All right, It's about improving not just the physical capabilities and capacity that you have, but also the mental side of things as well. So I'm going to go through these books briefly. Each book has a unique sort of story or focus point. And if there's one that grabs your attention, or you think that is an area I definitely need to develop, or that's something I wanna learn more about, I would highly encourage you, go and buy the book. But these 
these eight books that I'm about to go through with you, these have had a profound impact on me in my life in 2020. The first book is Ego is the Enemy, and this is written by Ryan Holiday. I think this is the second time I've read this book, and really what he's talking about is stripping back all of the facade, all of what you want to be, what you think you could or should be, and it's just bringing everything back to bare bones, this is who you are. And what I mean by this is who you are is you need to remove the ego, your ego, from the equations that you find yourself in in life, whether it be in your career, whether you think you should get a promotion and you don't. Well, if you don't, that is an opportunity for you to improve. It shows that, hey, you're not ready for that next step or your boss or your superior doesn't think you're ready for that next step. Or if it's in the weight room, maybe you think you should be bench pressing your body weight, but maybe your technique's just not good enough. This book will help you to remove ego or at least reduce the impact that ego has on your life. It gives you very simple examples of what it looks like. I'm gonna read you one part from the introduction. The first principle is that you must not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. Richard Feynman. So that right there indicates exactly what the book is about. You're not trying to impress anybody else and telling you know false narratives or stories about what you think is possible or what you should be able to do. Remove the ego. What is actually happening in your life? Not what you want to be happening, not what you used to be able to do, you know, in your glory days or in high school or when you're on part of the sports team. What can you do now? Remove the ego, get the facts, stop living in a delusional world, and become the master of your own mind. Ego is the enemy. And Ryan Holiday, he's written numerous books. He talks a lot about stoicism. If you've been listening before, you understand or you know that I talk about the daily stoic. Very similar principles. Quotes are utilized from that book as well, and it is one that everybody should read. Don't get too big-headed. Don't put the cart before the horse. Figure out exactly where you are in life, where you're strong, where you're weak, and attack the weaknesses. But also, if you do have strengths, acknowledge they are there. You don't have to, you know, blow your own trumpet, but understand you do have strengths and you also wanna capitalize on those as well. Number two, Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. I am a massive Jocko fan. I've read all of his books, except for his kids' books. So for any parents listening, he does have kids' books as well. Mikey and the Dragon. But anyway, he actually talks about how to become a good leader. This is a manual on how to actually implement leadership, strategy, and tactics into your life. So it doesn't matter if you are an employee, you could be the CEO of a company, you could own your own business. You might just you might just clock in and clock out at work and not really give a shit about any of that stuff or about improving your career. But this can this the information within leadership strategy and tactics can be applied to any domain in your life. Whether it be your fitness, whether it be your relationships, whether it be your career. And I'm going to go through a couple of the sections within the contents page. It talks about the laws of combat. 
So Jocko is an ex-Navy SEAL, served in the military, went to Iraq, went to Ramadi. But he's talking about a, th a few things here. Foundations, the core tenets, principles. And then part two is about leadership tactics, how to succeed as a new leader, how to be chosen to lead. When you are not chosen, what do you do? Imposter syndrome, insecurity as a leader, transitioning from follower or peer to leader, overcoming a grudge, new sheriff in town, don't go overboard, Rambo. And then he's also got leadership skills. So think about these ones here. I'm gonna read these off to you. When to step up and lead. Don't take things personally. Don't dig in. Iterative decision-making. Decentralized command or lazy designation. The easy button. Judging reputations. Conform to influence. Everything is good, but not that good. He talks a lot about different situations, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be within your own self as an individual, how to be a leader. Doesn't matter if you're a leader of one, a leader of 10, or a leader of 100. These principles can be applied to you in whatever situation you find yourself in. And if you don't have a leader, if you're a single guy or girl, and you think, I don't lead anybody, you are always leading somebody starts with you, you have to lead yourself, how you show up and how you prepare yourself every day, physically, mentally, with your training, with your mental stimulation, what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. You are a leader, whether you realize it or not. The third book, Discipline Equals Freedom, Field Manual, again, by Jocko. Jocko is the fucking man. This is a great coffee table book. If you have a coffee table, Pop this in the middle of the book. This book just looks fucking awesome. It's a thick book, but it is really easy to read. I'm just gonna flip open a random page right now. Draw fire. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. I don't know why. Life is not fair. That's the second sentence. He says, life is not fair. Jesus. Common theme here, isn't it? That is the reality. Disease and accidents don't care if their victim is a good person. They have no reason, no justification, and no mercy. And even the best person you can end up in the clutches of evil. And you cannot stop it. So, what do you do? Are you going to get angry? Frustrated? Are you going to lash out at people? Who are you going to lash out at? Are you going to start going down the spiral of negativity? Are you going to let the horrible situation dictate the way you feel and the way you handle it? Are you going to fall over, fall down, fall apart? Or are you going to lead? Are you going to face this issue with courage and with resolution? I say lead, lead. Again, he's talking about leadership. Discipline equals freedom. This is massive. Whether you want to drop 20 kilos, whether you want to squat double your body weight, whether you want to complete your first obstacle course race, maybe you just need the courage and the strength and the confidence to go into the gym and make that a regular part of your life. Discipline. The discipline to do these things will reward you with the freedom to look, feel, and function the way that you want. 
And before I move on, on the back of this book, it says, there is no shortcut. There is no hack. There's only one way. So get after it. And if you know, you know. Next on the list, The Courage to Be Disliked by, I'm probably going to butcher the uh, author's names, but I'll do my best, Ishiro Kishimi and Fumitak Koga. That's my best, uh, my best effort. This is called The Courage to Be Disliked. This was an interesting book. Um, it was actually given to me by my coach. And it is all about becoming an outlier and becoming confident in who you are as an individual. So this is something that's taken me a little while to, to sort of arrive to this conclusion. I am a weirdo. I am a weird person in my own way. I have quirks and I have little things which I do. I've got a bit of OCD when it comes to the way I operate and the way you know my, my training facility is set up and the rest of it. But this book will help you realize that you are unique as an individual and that is absolutely okay. If you do things that you know don't fit the mold or isn't the stereotypical actions or behaviors of you know the average Joe or Jane, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. What it's really talking about here is being authentic, is being true to you and what you believe. And the key word there is what you believe. Your beliefs will determine your thoughts and your thoughts will determine your actions. This book will challenge what you think. It will challenge what you know to be true or what you believe is your truth. And it will help you actually dig a little deeper and figure out why you believe what you believe. It's not right or wrong. It's just, it's an ex, it's a, you're doing a bit of exploration, self-exploration, self-discovery, figuring out who you are. And it's going to let you know that it's okay not to fit in. The name of the, the, the title of the book gives that away, The Courage to Be Dislike. The Japanese phenomenon that shows you how to free yourself, change your life, and achieve real happiness. You don't have to follow the masses or be just another person in the sea or the crowd. You can be your own person. I encourage you to be your own person. The Courage to Be Disliked. Next on the list, we have Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. The tactics, routines, and habits of billionaires, icons, and world-class performers. That sounds like something uh, you'd like to dive into, surely. This book is 645 pages long. It is a really thick book. I'm holding it in my hand. It is a thick, thick book. But the beauty, the beauty of this book is that you can pick it up and just read a handful of pages at a time. Tim has uh, a podcast, and he interviews the the people I just mentioned. You know, billionaires, icons, world-renowned people, people who own businesses, Silicon Valley startup companies, everything. You name it, he's probably interviewed people in that field. There's a lot of stuff you can learn from here. So let's have a look. He's got a healthy section. So people who have some information or words of wisdom with regards to health. Joe DeSena, founder of Spartan Race. Wim, the Iceman Hoff. Uh, Pavel Satsulin, uh, Satsulin, we'll get to him shortly. Laird Hamilton, Kelly Storette, Triple H. Then he's got part two, wealthy, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, Seth Godin, James Altucher, Peter Diamandis. And he's got part three, Wise. He has, wouldn't you know it, Jocko Willink. <laughs> he has Shay Carl, Kevin Costner. Who else has he got that people might know? Paolo Coelho, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, Josh Waitzkin, Brene Brown. A lot of different people. But this is something he's got like a couple pages with each of these individuals. And he asked them specific questions and he has distilled some of the best information from some of the smartest, wealthiest, most trusted people in the world, not just in you know your local area. This is people who have risen to the top of their field in those three categories. Healthy, wealthy, and wise, I believe it was. So, big book. You'll be able to read you know, 10, 20 pages that very easily. And uh, it's, not, it's not set out like a regular book in terms of this is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the end. But you'll be able to pick up a lot of nuggets. There'll be some things you read and you don't quite resonate with or understand or you know, get information from, but that's fine. When you get to the next uh, guest, I suppose, or the next person or the next topic, you'll be able to extract some great information and some nuggets from that conversation that he has with that person, okay? Next, we have Enter the Kettlebell from Pavel Satsulin. This is the godfather of kettlebells, the man who brought kettlebells to the West and popularized them in the late 90s, early 2000s. Now, earlier this year is when I really started to dive down the rabbit hole of kettlebell training. And I've heard about Pavel, I've knew about Pavel for many, many years, but I've never actually read his books until this year. And I've read two of his books. I read Enter the Kettlebell and I read Simple and Sinister as well. But that's another great book as well. I'd highly recommend that if you want to dive into a bit of kettlebell training. Enter the Kettlebell, Strength Secret of the Soviet Supermen. Uh, Pavel tells it how it is. He does not mince his words. He cuts right through the bullshit and it gives a really great outline of the history of kettlebells, where they came from, what made them so popular, and why they are now in, you know, commercial gyms. There, they're very it's a mainstream, you know, training device. And he talks about how to do some simple, some fundamental movements. And I've just opened up to page twenty-five, and he's showing how to do a hip hinge. So he says, the hip crease. Dan John would tell you to wiggle your toes to make sure you are on your heels. And it's showing on the left page, it's demonstrating a correct hip hinge. You know, we talk about vertical shin, hips back, neutral spine, etc. And then on the right, it's got him demonstrating a bad hip hinge, an incorrect hip hinge. And he says, you've got to be kidding me, comrade. I said, fold at the hips, not the spine, not the knees, the hips. And he just makes it brutally honest and very, very straightforward way of communicating how to use the kettlebell. It is not something that should be, you know, bright colored. It is not something you do as a fluffy exercise. You are doing two types of movements. You are either doing grinds, heavy weight, slow reps, or you're doing ballistics. Weight that is light to moderate, but is moved explosively. Swings, cleans, snatches. And he goes through the standards of movement. This is the correct way to do it. And there are some troubleshooting drills as well. And this is, uh, I think it's, it's going to say from 2006. So it has been developed and it has evolved since then. But it's a great book nonetheless. So that is Enter the Kettlebell.
Then we have the Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McKeown. Now, if you listen to the episode I did when I talked about and discussed nasal breathing, the benefits of nasal breathing, you will understand how significant a book like this can be. Two, a daily function, something that you absolutely need to survive. It is essential. And most people, unfortunately, are doing the basic primitive skill of breathing incorrectly, which is just fascinating. That is absolutely mind-blowing to me. But it's also mind-blowing for the fact that this information isn't out there in mainstream. It's, it's not in your hands. It's not in everybody's hands, which is, it's, it's, it, it's actually baffling. And if you read this book and also another book called Breath by James Nestor, you will understand the benefits of nasal breathing. But for simplicity, I want to run through this main concept. When you breathe through your mouth, you take in a larger volume of air. But what also happens is you start breathing more frequently. So you become what is called a chronic hyperventilator. You're taking in more oxygen and more air than you need, and you're doing it more frequently. This leads to you becoming less efficient at utilizing oxygen. So when you become less efficient at utilizing oxygen, you have to breathe more frequently. So the the problem is force feeding itself. I'm taking big breaths, I'm taking breaths often, and I feel like I'm out of breath, especially as we start increasing the difficulty of something, like for example, exercise or training, and it then just adds to that problem. It feeds to it and it builds and becomes more and more challenging to break. And this is why people, myself included, for many, many years, snore when they breathe because I'm breathing incorrectly or was breathing incorrectly. I breathe correctly now because I take my mouth when I sleep. But this is the fundamental, essential piece of human life. If you do not breathe, if you do not get oxygen to the heart, to the brain, bad shit's gonna happen. You're gonna die. So doesn't it make sense that the oxygen you take in is being used as efficiently as possible? which therefore also means you don't have to breathe in as frequently because you are consuming not more, but less air, and you're becoming more efficient at utilizing the oxygen within the air that you take in. It's very, very interesting stuff. The Oxygen Advantage has drills, and it shows you how to actually start the process of nasal breathing. And if you have blocked nostrils, if you have a blocked nasal passage, Patrick actually takes you through a nose unblocking exercise, which I thought was just fascinating. Because I've had two, myself personally, I've had two surgeries to try and correct this. I've always had trouble breathing through my nose. I still do, but it's getting better because I'm practicing it. It is a daily practice, being conscious and making a concerted effort to breathe better, which will then enhance everything that I do in life and also my training and recovery. But if you wanna know something scary, I loaned out the book Breath to a, uh, a student of mine, a client, and I asked him once once he finished, I said, give me a brief synopsis of the book. What did you learn? And he said, the first thing he said was, breathing through your mouth is bad. And it is, if you understand the science behind it and some of the differences in mouth breathing versus nasal breathing. And James Nestor, plus uh, another man from 
Scandinavia, I believe it was, they did a test. And you'll be able to see in black and white the differences where they go from nasal breathing, they get their noses blocked. So it's physically impossible to breathe through them through the nasal passage. And so they have to mouth breathe and then they transition. They get unblocked and then they go back to nose breathing. The transformation and the difference between the two, unbelievable. Last on the list is The Art of Resilience by Ross Edgley. Strategies for an Unbreakable Mind and Body. This book is really interesting. Ross, uh, he did the Great British Swim. He swam around Great Britain. Freaky to think about the sheer distance. And he swam around the fucking countries. <laughs> Unbelievable. And he made a pact with himself that no matter what, he would not set foot on land until he completed the swim. He started out at Margate, uh, which is on the southeast coast of England. And he swam south, then west, north, east, and then came back down. But he didn't touch land once until he completed the swim. And you want to you know how, how strong and how tough and how resilient the body is? Read that book. You will see you are playing so far below your potential. How does a man swim around Great Britain for in like for six months, like half a year? He's in the water, fucking swimming. It's 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 phenomenal. But he talks about Ross comes from a sports science background, and there are some things that actually go against sports science. There are some things which absolutely fall flat. He just it's it's mind boggling. He did these studies. He went and saw scientists, and he he was told you do not have the body. To be a great swimmer he was told he had a dense head a really heavy head he's like okay no i mean like really dense like super dense this scientist just you know didn't have a great way of communicating this information to him but he says you also have childbearing hips really wide hips and he's like righto and you've got a duck butt your butt sticks way up in the air when you swim he's like oh fuck. didn't stop him though he used all this as fuel and as leverage to prove these people wrong, but to also prove himself right and that he was capable of doing this massive feat. Great book. It'll give you a really big shift in terms of your perspective of what is difficult and what is capable for you if you actually find something meaningful enough to pursue. And that's one of the things that he had early on is he had somebody kind of, he had a goal in mind and then this person that he told wasn't that impressed with it. So they said, why not try this? And then, wouldn't you know? Smashed it out of the park. Hope I haven't given anything away. But give it a read. It's fantastic. You'll understand a little bit about sports science, nutrition, mental resilience, and how to overcome those points when you don't think you can keep going. Because we've all experienced them. And that's one of the things that I do. I've got, I run a six-hour physical challenge called Uncover. That's exactly what that is designed to do is to push you to what you perceive to be your limit. What you think is you at 100% and then you can push further. We find ways to extract an extra 5 or 10% or more out of you. You'll understand where these concepts and where these strategies in terms of motivational psychology come in. So those are my eight books, eight plus a couple extras I threw in there. But for, for me, guys, hard copy books and reading 
These are something which is and will continue to be a big part of my daily routine. I'm not a fan of eBooks. If you like them, if you have, uh, what is it, a Kindle or whatever, that's fine, go for it. But for me, reading hard copy books, it's like my meditation. It's a time where I dedicate time every single day to read. I have a, I have a, an impressive library and it's growing by the week and the month. But it also means that I can loan these books out to people. And that's, that's, that's important to me as well because it means that I'm helping shape how other people think, how other people act and can and enhance the way that they live. It's a really good way to live in my opinion. So while most people live life reactively, I choose to be proactive. I actually schedule and I set time aside every single day for this because it's meaningful and it's purposeful. When you do these things, when you realize what's most important to you, you must prioritize it and put it first, not last. When you do this, when you put your highest priorities at the very top of the list, not at the bottom, not where you just maybe hope they get done and we'll see if we get time to do it. No, no, no. When you put them at the top of the pile, where they belong, the most important things to you get done. I prefer books to digital. I'm on screens enough as it is. In our super connected social electronic world, I like to disconnect. I don't have any music playing. I sit in my recliner. I've got my, my lovely cup of coffee. I've got my two squares of lint chocolate, 70%. It's delightful. It's a bit of a treat, but it's planned. And I can just tune the world out. I can sit in silence and tune into my thoughts and the topic or that area that I want to develop. Ask yourself, how often do you spend in silence? Most people, it's not very long. People don't like to be in their own thoughts. They don't like to think about what they're thinking about. It scares the shit out of them. So I don't I don't know personally. I have a lot of books. As I said, the, the list and the, the the titles, they keep growing. I don't know if I'll ever get through them all as, as the list keeps growing. But I'll continue to read every single day and every single week to try and make my way through them. Whether I get something out of them or whether I loan them to somebody else, they're going to get read at some point. I'm going to either read them, loan them out to somebody else and they can give me a quick sort of snapshot or a synopsis or a summary of those key points and the main messages and principles, or I can pass them on to other people down the line. But you can't keep making your way through books, you know, 20 at a time. Start with one. Just pick one and work your way through it diligently. One page and one book at a time. So for, for you listening right now, I encourage you to read and buy some or all of the books that I've just listed. If some of those topics don't interest you if, you, if you have no interest in learning how to breathe better, don't go and buy the books about how to learn how to do a fundamental essential life skill. That's fine. If you want to breathe inefficiently, if you want to place excessive or unnecessary stress and pressure on your heart and your arteries, go for it. But if you think that might be worth diving into and learning how to breathe better so that can enhance everything else that you do, go and buy those books. Like as soon as this podcast finishes, open up a tab and buy the books. If you want to, if you don't know what a kettlebell is and you're curious, hey, enter the kettlebell might be for you. 
And this one is not a matter of if, but I know you'll need more discipline. So go and buy that book, Discipline Equals Freedom, Field Manual, put it on your coffee table, read it over and over and over again until it sinks in, until it clicks, until you are ready to stop facing or instead of finding all these fads and gimmicks. There is no shortcut, there is no hack. Once you understand that, whole new world for you. And the clients I work with as well, the students who I teach and who I see on a regular basis, we have a book club. I have a book club. If there's somebody that is struggling with you know, understanding certain movements, for example, I might loan them a certain type of book or maybe they're struggling with nutrition and they wanna figure out why can't I seem to get, why can't I get it together? I might give them a book and it will maybe punch them in the face in a little bit of a different way and get them to flip the switch or change the script that they are telling themselves with a little bit of digging about, again, psychology. Why do you do what you do? It's amazing some of the, the concepts and principles you can get from books. It's picking the right book. It's the right book for the right person at the right time. That's that's the really important part here. So I could, I could pick a book might be the right it might be the right book for that person but it might not be at the right time so it's about picking the right one for that person and where they're at with their journey and it is a journey self-development it never stops for, for me at least anyway self-development i want to continue to learning about myself i want to continue elevating myself to the next level to the next level to a higher level to become smarter every single day every single year it's not just about developing big and strong muscles but it's also about having the mindset and mental strength to match. Because when you're stronger mentally, you make better decisions. And it allows you to tap into your physicality, into your potential. You could be the strongest person in the world, physically, but if you're mentally weak, those big muscles aren't gonna account for shit. The mind drives the body. Very important, make sure that you are strengthening your mind daily by reading and carving out time to become a smarter individual. Wise people make better decisions. They are better at solving problems and they respond, they don't react better to challenges. Respond versus react. Ask yourself the question, when things go pear-shaped, what do you do? Is it an automatic you know, alarm bells singing and you just, you know, freak the fuck out? Or do you stop? Do you detach from the situation and think, this is what needs to happen next? That's a response. Freaking out, you know, jumping out of the proverbial window, that's a, that's a reaction. Over time, you can develop better strategies to deal with those challenges. And I challenge you, do that. Read more, become smarter, and enjoy the journey. You will learn so much about yourself. I recently, just uh, yesterday, I caught up with a great friend of mine, and we we had a, we had a great chat. We had breakfast, and we had a conversation for two hours. This man is also into the journey of self development. We talked about a host of different things. Like our conversations went sideways, they went vertically, they went over left field, and it was fucking phenomenal. We had some great deep conversations. Not just, you know, how was your week at work? Oh, yeah, shit, yours, yeah, shit too. No, we both had great weeks. We love, we both love what we do for work. In terms of career, he's advancing his career. My career and what I do is improving by the week, by the month, by the year. It's because I'm into self-development. We're both into it. 
and we both help pull each other up to that next level. It's the Kaizen principle. Constant daily learning and improvement. I have one tattoo on my body and it says Kaizen. It's because I'm committed to excellence. I'm committed to growth. But here's the deal, guys. It's not enough to say it. You have to live it. Actions over words. So that is all I have for you guys. The last episode of 2020. It's been a wicked year. It's been it's been amazing. It's been fun. It's been shit. It's been a whole host of different things. But again, come out smarter, better. Was 2020 a tough year? Yes. Good. It gives you a chance to figure out who you are and how much better you've got. Or, if you didn't, it shows you these are the weak areas. Hey, buddy, you might want to start tapping into those and working on them. So, guys, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your families. And uh, I will see you in 2021 for the wake-up call. We'll be bigger and better. I'll speak to you next year, guys. If you loved the wake-up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.